Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You've heard me say this many times. Sin is spelled S I. It simply conveys that I'm in charge and I'll do what I want to do. doesn't matter who tells me. So what is it? It's the ultimate sense of rebellion. It's living as if there is no law or saying, I know God has laws, but I could care less. I'm not going to abide by them. When you commit yourself to sin, it becomes more than just something that you're doing. Everyone justifies themselves when they sin. But you can't justify yourself before God who can see the corruption that permeates your being every time you defy God's laws. The world justifies sin. For example, they follow their sexual preference, engage in alternative lifestyles, or simply decide what truth is for themselves instead of God's truth. Simply changing the name to something more palatable does nothing to divert God's condemnation of sin. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 4, with part one of our message entitled, How to Keep Following Jesus on the Road of Life. ask you now to turn to 1 John chapter 3, and I want to open with a, a little story this morning. Bob said to his wife, Stacy, honey, what a beautiful diamond necklace. But where did you get the money to pay for it? And Stacy responded, well, honey, what you don't know, finish it with me, won't hurt you. Is that really true? What, what we don't know won't hurt us? Well, let me give you a couple of scenarios. You're going to go on vacation and you've never been to England. You fly to London, you get off, you rent a car, and you head out in the traffic. <laughs> but nobody ever told you they drive on the left side of the road over there. Let me ask you a question. Would not knowing hurt you? And hopefully that's when you buy every piece of insurance that they offer you as you sign up for the car. Well, here's another one. I know this one well from all my years in hospital pharmacy. You have a severe infection. You go to the doctor. He says, here's what I'm going to give you. Prescribe some antibiotics. You take them, and after two days, you're feeling fantastic. And you stop the antibiotics. Three days later, you're sicker than you ever were before. You call the doctor, and he says, are you through taking the antibiotics? And you respond, well, no, I felt better. 
He said, no, no, no. I wanted you to continue them until they were all gone. Didn't you understand that? Let me ask you a question. Did not knowing that truth help or hurt him? It hurt him. Now, there's something we see in the Bible, because this is very true. What we don't know often will hurt us. In the Bible, there's a statement by Jesus. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Well, it isn't just the knowing of the truth. It's the applying of the truth. And I'm going to give you some truths today through the Scripture, three or four that are huge. And then I'm going to give you some truths that more than 99% of you don't know, that we must know. So this is a very impacting teaching at all of our campuses, and it has to do with your family, your health, our church, our lives. So I want you to pay attention today because there's some things we absolutely have to know that we're actually clueless about. Now, we begin... John speaking to us, 1 John, where I've asked you to turn all our campuses, chapter 3, verse 4. Notice what John says. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. First thing I want you to write is simply what John said. Sin is lawlessness. It's rebellion against God. And his word. Now, there's many definitions of sin, but John kind of goes and defines this as the basic root. It's a disregard for the law of God and actually for God himself. You see, God is our creator. You weren't at creation. God was. Since he's our creator, he can set any laws or rules or regulations he wants. You say, well, I don't really want to abide by him. Oh, that's whatever. You can do whatever you want. That's sin. See, God can set the laws because he created us. Now, sin is basically a matter of my will. You've heard me say this many times. Sin is spelled S-I-N. It simply conveys that I'm in charge and I'll do what I want to do. doesn't matter who tells me. So what is it? It's the ultimate sense of rebellion. It's living as if there is no law or saying, I know God has laws, but I could care less. I'm not going to abide by them. Well, John talks about that problem of trying to do life without God. Notice verse 5. Here's our first big no of today. John says it this way. But you know That he, Jesus, appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. So here's the big truth that will help set you free if you understand and apply it that you want to write today. No, Jesus came to remove our sins. He came to take away our sins. Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, but he died for my sins and yours and to remove them and forgive them. Now, here's the problem. Why is that such a big truth? And much of the world doesn't know that truth. Because when I was born, 
I was born with a sin nature. Sin is simply something that separates man from a holy God. Man's greatest need of any need we have is forgiveness. And I can't be good enough to get rid of my sin. So John reminds us why Jesus came. One day John the Baptist said, Whoa, here, here comes Jesus, the, the, the Lamb of God that's, that's going to take away the sins of the whole world. So that's exactly what happened. So God knew that we couldn't solve our own problem. And at the end of the service, we'll give you an opportunity for some of you who have never taken this step. You see, your sin separates you from a holy God. And, and nothing good will come as a result of that. Now, sin is not just, uh, and that salvation that comes is not, Quite as simple as we think. It's loaded with simplicity, but it's actually a phase. There's three phases in salvation. Now, here's the law of Balmer this morning. Don't try to copy this. If you see somebody copying it, say you're disobeying the pastor. Just, just, because I want you to look at it so I can explain it to you. Three phases. Take a look. All our campuses. Number one. Number one. The Bible calls the, the, the first thing that you do when you ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart and he removes our sins, the Bible says that's justification. Just as if I've never sinned. Now quit writing or I'm going to come down and take your pen away from you. All of you guys right, right here, you quit writing. Quit writing. So you're disobeying me already. Cut it out. You can get it on the notes. So pay attention to what I'm saying. It, it's the event of salvation. It happens instantaneously. Now, what am I saved from? The penalty... Of sin. What is the penalty of sin? Death. Death in the Bible is separation. Separation from God forever. That's why it's the greatest need in my life. So that justification takes place, boom, instantly. It's in the past. Those of you that got saved last week, it's in your past. Those of us saved for 34 years, it's in our past. It's something that took place. You need to make sure it has taken place. Number two. That enters us into the second phase. It's called sanctification. It really means it's just set apart, just set apart to be used by God. It is the process of salvation. It's being saved from the power, and you'll see this morning, the temptation of sin that comes from Satan. Now, how long is this process of salvation last? From the day you got saved until the day you go to heaven, that's what you're in. So all of us that are Christians this morning at all our campuses, we're in this process of sanctification, becoming more like Christ. It it never ends. We never attain that perfection that we're after. So when you look at that, it's a lifelong process where I'm saved from Satan's power, sin's power. Satan has power. Sin has power. It's a process of growing in a maturity, being like Jesus. It's a process, a lifestyle of saying no to the sin. If you have a puppy, get used to saying no. Can I hear it? Yeah. If you have a child, get used to... By the way, I'm growing to be like him. He set me apart to be different, to be light and salt in a world. And as I'm doing that, there's going to be a part where I give in the temptation. I like to say to you this morning that none of us give in the temptation, but we do. So that includes what? Asking forgiveness. First John 1.9. I don't go back and get saved over again. 
I just have to ask forgiveness. So there's an event. It has to take place once. You want to make sure it did. That's the only way you get to heaven. Now, from there on, I, I'm in this process of becoming, growing to be like Jesus. But uh, how many like how many like happy endings? How many like happy endings? Good. I hate watching a movie. You watch it for two hours. as a terrible ending. Oh, what a waste of time. I like a happy ending. Here's the happy ending. Look at this. Phase number three of salvation. It's glorification. It's the completion of our salvation. We're saved from the presence of sin. In other words, it's future. When I get to heaven, there is no sin. There is no more temptation. Could I hear an amen somewhere out there? Because that's the only way you're ever going to be perfect, is to get where there's no temptation and no sin. And by the way, Jesus is there. He had no sin here, and he has no sin there. So one day... I'm going to be saved from the presence of sin. When there's no sin, I never sin. Hallelujah. By the way, let me give you bad news. You're not there yet. So I'm battling. You say, Pastor Mark, this doesn't make sense. Well, you'll see it in a moment. I'm battling that old sin and temptation. Well, how can I be if God lives in me? Because my old nature is still here. It is not removed until I get to heaven. So everyone battles that amazing spiritual battle. Now, John says, when we get to heaven, we'll know him as he is and we'll be like him. So that's a day that's coming. Well, look at verse 6, John continues. Now, no one who lives in him keeps on sinning. And no one who continues to sin has either seen him, here's the key words, or known him. Verse 7, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. John says, don't, don't, don't be deceived. And there should be no confusion in this. Now, what, what is he talking about there? And then I'll explain how it applies to us today. He was talking to people in the church, churches that he was ministering to, that said this. We know God. We're changed. But spiritually... It, it, it's a glorious thing, but it has nothing to do with our bodies. We can sin all we want in the body. This old body's evil. Whatever we do, God doesn't care anything about. It's our heart that matters. Just says, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that, that's a lie. That's totally wrong. And so he says, don't, don't be deceived by this. It should be very clear to you. And he's, he basically says this. Before you became a Christian, you practiced sin. You lived in sin. But when you were born again, no, 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 no. You, you don't practice sin anymore. You, it's not a lifestyle anymore. So I want you to write this down. This is huge for us today. What John is saying is this. No, no Christ follower lives a life, and here's the key word, of habitual sin. There's a difference between committing a sin, which we all do, and continuing to sin or basically just making it habitual practice. You see, once I know what I'm supposed to do is right, I'm supposed to do that right. John says if a person continues in a life of sin with no regrets, no change in their life, then no salvation has ever taken place. In fact, they don't, notice what he said, they don't know him. One day in the book of Matthew, the Bible says people came to Jesus it was at the judgment day, and they said, we're, we're ready to go into heaven. And Jesus said, I never knew you. Well, we know you. 
I never had a relationship with you. You see, if I'm going to know him, I can't live a lifestyle that's very different from the life he made me. So understand, when a person becomes a believer, their sins are forgiven, and then they begin to change by the power of God. The old Mark Balmer was dead. The new person is becoming like Christ. So when we sin, the Holy Spirit comes to convict us, and we confess it, and we ask for God's forgiveness. But no real Christ follower is comfortable continually, habitually sinning. Now, understand, we have already been through this. There's no sinless people. I'd like to say this more, none of us sin. We do. But we're learning to sin less. So why does John write this? He writes it for some of you that claim you know him. You're abiding in him. You have a personal relationship with him. But your life hasn't changed. You just show up to church whenever. You never read the Bible. You're living a lifestyle of sin in many different areas. But it really doesn't bother you. And I want to challenge you in love this morning, just as John does. Then that, that you could not have God in you because that lifestyle is incompatible with the Holy Spirit. You really need to get saved. You really need to change and let God change you to become like him. Now look at verse 7, the last part of it again here. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The word in the original is deceive you. Now who would try to deceive us? Who would try to lead us astray off the path of following Jesus Christ? Well, the answer is very simple. Look at verse 8. John answers the question. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Once again, we're introduced to Satan, the devil, in spiritual warfare. Would you write this down this morning? Here's a truth you must know. Satan and spiritual warfare are real. This is not a joke. There is a real Satan. John even talks about it. And spiritual warfare real. And the next thing I want you to write is this. Satan has a goal. He has an end point. Now, the moment you became a Christian, a lifelong spiritual war began. And John says, and he teaches about the reality, not just of a Satan, but of a personal devil. Now, when you read scripture, devil, Satan, there's lots of names. Let me just give you some. Adversary, the devil, accuser, destroyer, prince of this world, dragon. As you begin to see those names, it should remind you of what's happening. Now, how did Satan get here? And why is he here? Well, when God created the universe, he created the universe perfect. The Bible tells us in Genesis that way. It was good. Then Satan, by the way, at that time was known as Lucifer, and he was the, the star of the morning. He was created perfect. He was one of the highest angels of God's creation. He was the worship leader in heaven. How do I know he was created perfect? Ezekiel says this, you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. What happened? One day, somehow in the mind of Satan, he had a free will, 
rebellion entered. And I told you sin is S. See if you can remember. It's just been 10 minutes. S-I-N. Let me read to you a little bit out of Isaiah of what Satan said to God. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high God. The five eyes. Satan, the original sinner, had a will. He chose of his own free will to forfeit the position God had assigned to him. He tried to make himself equal with God to actually rebel totally against God. He became prideful. I, I'll do my thing. He was not satisfied in worshiping God, and we learned a few weeks ago, he himself wants to be worshiped. Now, here's the problem. God then said, you're gone. Get out of here. When that happened, it set up two kingdoms on the world. Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Now, when Satan fell, one-third of the angels amazingly chose to go with him. Those are the demons that are active in our world today. Two-thirds are angels with God. So the battle that I'm talking about, you can say, well, why are you talking about the battle? Because you're going to see in a moment, if I don't have God's help, I'm going to lose the battle. Because, see, you're not stronger than Satan. Either am I. So I need help. So when Satan fell, he began to change our world. So much so that Adam and Eve were deceived. Enter sin, it means every single one of us are born with a sin nature. I'm born in the kingdom of Satan. That's why, first key you learned this morning, John says Jesus came to remove our sin. That gets me into the kingdom of God. But the minute I'm there, whoo, it's spiritual battle forever. Well, can I win that? What's it going to look like? And that's kind of what I'm going to allude to this morning. Now, when that took place, watch what happens. Verse 8. He who does what is sinful of the devil because of the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Now, watch the last part. The reason the Son of God, Jesus, appeared. Here's, here's the second big key today, not only to remove our sins, was to destroy the works of of the devil. Write it down. In other words, to rob sin of its power. Write it down. Write it down. Destroy. To render inoperative. To to rob of power. To do away with. To loosen from the chains of bondage. So in other words, when Satan came, he had power. He took over the earth. He's the ruler of this earth. There is a saying, it goes like this, what you don't know won't hurt you. Pastor Mark asks, really? We take a pill, the wrong pill, it could kill you. You rent a car in Paris without learning the driving laws, it could kill you. So knowing the truth can save your life. That is especially true when you're dealing with God's truth. Pastor Mark told us that sinning against God is the ultimate rebellion. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will talk about the master of deception, Satan. This isn't a joke. Satan and spiritual warfare are real. And Satan has a goal. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's it. He wants nothing else. He doesn't want you to have anything that is good. Wickedness is found in him, and rebellion is all that he knows. He wants to destroy and kill Christians. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear Your lessons for living